Disclaimer. The views, information, or opinions discussed in this UCC podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the UCLA University Catholic Center and its staff. If you have any questions or comments concerning the information, leave a comment below or email us at catholicconvos at gmail.com. In the name of the Father, and Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Come Holy Spirit, teach us how to pray. Lord, we thank you for the blessings that you have given us this day, yesterday, and all the days of our lives that is past and that is to come. We strive to be your faithful servants, carrying out your will on this earth, out of the love we have for your children, and the love that we have for you, Lord. We know that there are many times that we falter, that we fall from the path of righteousness, We know that there are many times that we act not in accordance with you. For this, we pray for the strength to persevere through adversity. We pray for the conversion of the world, that they may see the truth in you and seek the good that you provide us. For everything that we long for is in you and you alone are most holy. We pray that we can give our hearts to you always with no hesitation so that we can be the light of the world covered in darkness. In your most holy name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Welcome to our verse of the day. This is Luke chapter 15, verses 11 through 32. The parable of the lost son. Then he said, a man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens who sent sent him to his farm to tend to the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the paws in which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? But here am I, dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, For him you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. 
But now we must celebrate and rejoice, because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Welcome back to another episode of the UCC Podcast. Woo! This is episode three. Um, that is one more than two. Um, <laughs> per usual. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> Quick math. Quick math. I'm here. Oh my gosh. I'm here with a very special guest. I should say all my guests are very special because they all have a... Well, yeah, but now I feel less special. <laughs> okay, you know what? Go introduce yourself, Michael. Hey, how's it going? Um, my name's Michael. On Zoom, it says Andrew, uh, but that's that's just because I'm using my brother's setup right now. Um, but I also go to UCLA, which uh, I guess isn't much of a surprise, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, studying, I'm studying computer science and... Uh, I guess I like philosophy, and I also like my good friend here, Jason. So happy Aww. to be here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honored. I am actually a little bit nervous because you you listen to a lot of Catholic podcasts. Um, Three, Dogs, <laughs> Three Dogs North, right? One of the your favorite yeah, that's ones. that's my favorite. Yeah, to be honest, uh, it's maybe bad that I watch them because their whole premise is uh, not doing any research and just kind of uh, just kind of talking. So you know, <laughs> well, we'll see where that goes. You know. I'm not really sure if that's the best approach or if I'm qualified to do that, but um, yeah, uh, but I'm excited to be here. Michael is extremely big brained. I don't know if you all know that to all the people who know who knows Michael in a way like he is one of the most intelligent people. He scares you with his intelligence at times. I am a first person witness of that. I am always in shock of how extremely extremely bright i always say to myself this is the smartest human being i've ever met in my entire life like that's that's michael that whenever you think of the smartest person ever that's michael and clearly with computer science it's it's crazy so i brought rihanna tunisi in for my last podcast mm-hmm. um so i have double computer science so we're gonna we're gonna keep this computer science train we're gonna rolling. keep it going yeah we're gonna keep it we have to keep it going yeah it's, yeah it's good it's good um well, hey, I appreciate that. I, I, I do have to say, though, uh, like 90% of the stuff I got uh, has been, I guess, said to me by other people. So it, it's just like one conglomerate blob of, of information, I guess. Uh, but I really do appreciate it, Jason. And uh, I, I definitely say the same goes for you, by the way. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I also know that you are a gamer. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say, so to be honest, I'd say I was like a real big gamer. Like I used to play a lot of, uh, a lot of Halo, a lot of Minecraft, you know, you name it, Pokemon. Yeah, but the thing is, um, around sophomore year of high school, I got really into a little game called Super Smash Bros. Melee. (laughs) I I actually, I went to, I went to tournaments too. It's weird. I met a high school teacher there, by the way, before he even came to my high school. That that was an interesting experience, but. Yeah, so I got really into one game, and then I never played, like, the other games. Like, it was pretty much just, I just played Melee, because I just thought it was so much fun. Like, all the other games, like, it's kind of like a waste of time, you know? I guess you could say Melee is a waste of time, too, but it's great. It's great. It's a, it's a super fun game. If I'm going to plug a game right now, it would be that one, so. Are you a Puff main? I'm a Falco main. My brother plays Jigglypuff, though. <sighs> yeah. Yeah, Puff, down down B that down B rest is always always fantastic. I, I, okay, low key, I got a nasty puff. 
like I, I just kind of I kind of copy the stuff my brother does. Um, and yeah, dude, I'm I'm down to play some I'm down to play some friendlies if you want. So that's all I, I gotta say about actually that. Actually, die. So I didn't realize <laughs> that you you were this extensively good at. I, I knew that you were good, but I didn't realize how good you were. So you didn't realize I was a nerd. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm yeah. I, to be honest, that's been that's been a big part of my life. I guess in high school has just been Super Smash Bros. I, I like all the games, but I would say Melee is my favorite. Um, but yeah, yeah, I used to go to tournaments and stuff. So that's, that's one fact, I guess people don't really know about me. Um, uh, but it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. One of my friends was like power ranked in San Diego. So what the like heck? I, yeah, yeah. He was really good. So I don't know. I played with really good people. So I guess it kind of rubbed off a bit, although I'm not that good anymore, but yeah. You still beat Ryan in ultimate. Yeah. Ultimate's a kind of a different beast. To be honest, I don't play it too much, but I guess a lot of the fundamentals kind of carry over. I, 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 I would, I would, I would say that's, that's a, Smash Bros is definitely my favorite series. But you used to do Minecraft as well, because I yeah. I'm getting in. I'm getting into Minecraft. Um, I'm getting into the whole Minecraft Mondays and trying to speed run and everything. I, I don't know how aware of you of the Minecraft community right now, but the Minecraft. Okay, I, I have watched some speedruns. I know that uh, snowballs are really good uh, for fighting the Ender Dragon and, yes. and beds too. Yes, um, beds. Yeah, bed because I know they explode when you're in other dimensions, which is weird. I don't know. I have gotten pranked, though. I have gotten pranked. My friends, basically, they made a fort in the nether, and they said, hey, dude, like, you know, we got to make our bedroom. I was like, oh, of course, you know. <laughs> he's, he's like, hey, he's like, hey, hey, I was, they're like, hey, have you ever slept in the nether? And I was like, I was like, no. They're like, dude, you'll get an achievement for that. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's a good idea. I blew up, and I lost all my stuff. So that, that's a, that's a memory that's, that's very, it kind of stings a little bit when I see people using beds to blow up the ender dragon, because it's like, you know, I, I've been, I've been on the receiving end of that, you know. I don't know if you've watched this one Minecraft speedrunner named Dream. I might have seen him. I might have seen him. He's the little green man. Yeah, yet- I, I, yeah. I'm pretty sure I've I've watched him before, like inadvertently. Like that's that's cool. That's that cool. is. I I feel yeah. like everybody is watching Dream at this point. I don't know. He has a lot of fans. Minecraft kind of it kind of blew up too in the in the past year. I know PewDiePie, you know, kind of kind of contributed to like the revival. Like that's something my sister, my little sister, and I kind of bonded over was uh, watching PewDiePie's Let's Plays of Minecraft like last summer. So that was a that was a lot of fun. Yeah, <laughs> there's so much. I feel like there's so much potential in in Minecraft still, but I'm I'm, I'm a, I would also be down for like Smash Bros and everything. But people were thinking about making the UCC. I don't know if you know, but people were thinking of actually recreating the UCC in my. <laughs> dude that sounds awesome that sounds that sounds great i know that like i think there's a ucla server i think there are attempts to uh, basically recreate like powell and like some other like like big buildings at ucla but ucc would be great i think that would be that'd be a fun project yeah i'm sorry i haven't really jumped on uh for minecraft mondays uh as of late but just just because i haven't played minecraft in a while but I mean that that sounds like that sounds like a good a good introduction back into the game like that that sounds like fun. Do you still do you still do it every Monday or? I um, have not been to a single Minecraft Monday because I was oh. I don't know I was always so busy. I so I no, was just yeah yeah I feel that I it's weird because you know I thought that spring quarter was going to be you know kind of big chilling because um, a lot of uh, the obligations I had just kind of I mean you just couldn't fulfill them in person right. and then. That combined with the fact that like I didn't have to walk to class anymore. Like I looking back, walking to class was actually such a big time sink. Like you're gonna lose like 
maybe like 17 minutes there and 17 minutes back. Like you, you, you got half an hour there and then also going to get lunch and stuff. So I was thinking like, all right, this is, I'm going to have so much free time. But it was like the, the actually the opposite because I just spent more time on school. Like it's like a black hole. Like I know. It, in some ways, I kind of missed walking back to campus because it was a it was an excuse to whether I knew it or not to kind of take take some time to just take the I guess take my foot off the gas. You know. Yeah, I feel like with right now we're just we're just like one from one, going from one lecture to another, and especially if things aren't recorded. Or, or if things are recorded, then you could just hop on one lecture to another lecture to another lecture. I know that my um, my professor basically posted all of her lectures ahead of time, so we can watch it. We could just binge it in six hours, which is you know, do lectures have the same bingeability as? Yeah, they uh, definitely they Netflix definitely don't. They no. definitely don't. Yeah, it's do you do like times two speed as well? Always. Yeah, I, okay. I wish there was times okay. four speed. Yeah, because I know Coursera has times four speeds, but not CCLE. Wait, okay, isn't that kind of weird though? Like, because I think times two speed, you can retain like a good bit of comprehension. But I have had like lectures that, so the professor would speak fast normally anyway, and uh, it's like at some point I'm not even like really absorbing the material, but it's just more like an accomplishment. Like I just want to to peg down. It's like a. It's kind of like. Not trying to add anyone, but it's like it's like going to class and and sleeping. It's like <laughs> so in, in the mental in the mental like uh, like bucket list you checked off. I went to class, but like everything that happens afterwards is irrelevant. You know, it's just like I went to class. <laughs> and so like, I can I can feel good about that, even though I could have stayed home and and like learned exactly the same stuff. You know, it's like that one little thing I you know you're just kind of holding on to. Like that's how I feel like with with like times four speed or whatever. It's like yeah, I got I got through the lecture, but. but <laughs> I don't know that that's been my experience anyway I've won but at what cost yeah, exa- kind of thing. <laughs> it's like the Wario I, meme I, I, I love that meme yeah I, I'm it. always I'm always thinking that you know, one of my one of my friends Emily she says to me you know you pay for you you're paying for your education so you can take it out as many ways I can so but at the same time it's like Oh, but I take notes in, in lecture, but still, you know, am I retaining as much information as I possibly can? It's just that's you know. true. I think that's a dangerous game to play, though. Sometimes, uh, because there are times where like notes, so notes don't really help me. Sometimes, for example, if a professor is just like having slides, what I would do back in the day is just like copy down the stuff in the slides, but then I wouldn't retain any of the information. I guess if you can find like a middle ground where you can just listen to the slides and then. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess just like have like a sheet of paper and just write. Like the, it's tough for me because I always like tr- I'm trying to balance between being too lazy and just like writing <laughs> un, like too much stuff where like I don't actually retain anything. One thing that like actually helped me a lot was if you can do a Google Doc with other people from your class, mm. like like group notes. Mm. I started. I thought of it like as I was walking down Broomlock, I was like, wait a second, wait a second. My friends can write while I'm writing. Like we're all writing on the same notes. Why don't we write on the same document? And it was like a revelation. It was like an epiphany. And I was like, guys, guys, I just, I, we were walking back from class. I'm like, guys, we should do shared notes. And they all lit up. And we did shared notes and it was great. It was great. We actually, I feel like I retained more because, you know, if I, if I missed something, because I was actually just trying to listen to the professor, like if I missed something on the slide, my friends already got me and, and vice versa. Like, 
That's actually kind of a life hack. That's beautiful. I think the the one thing is you have to have friends who are down because I tried to do something similar and then I had my I had my little computer out. I said to myself, I'm ready. I'm ready to take notes and everything. I look at my friend next to me, got and out got- a notebook. And I'm like, what are you like, oh. <laughs> we had an agreement dude it's it's the worst one <laughs> one of my friends was playing dragon puzzle and i was like bro i was like no. i was like i was like no no I, <laughs> i'm on the dock you have to be on the dock too get off dragon puzzle like dude it's i got burnt it, it sucks it sucks when you get burnt because at the end of the day you're like yeah we had an agreement man like like you're you're not gonna you're not gonna enjoy the fruits of my labor if 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 you're not if you're not gonna contribute yourself. I don't know. But this yeah. is this is how Michael is really really killing it with his <laughs> classes and academics. So no, I advise no. to all the people just <laughs> take his advice, share it, notes. Yeah, work work smarter, not harder. I agree. If you work harder, then you're not working hard at all. Wait, is that? <laughs> I don't think that makes sense. Okay, I think that there is something to that though, like uh, not wasting your time in class, because it's it's very easy to, to I guess, kind of like the dude sleeping in class. Like it's easy to get to the baseline, and then just kind of, you know what it's like? It's like the Pharisees. It's like the Pharisees that oh that uh, they're they're doing things for the sake of the law, but they're not actually like doing it in the spirit of the law. You know, they're not like actually fulfilling the end goal. So they met the requirement of showing up to class, which is good. But they don't accomplish the end of the of the law, which is to you know retain information, like actually learn stuff. So, so yeah, I don't know. This kind of a throwback. It kind of came up to me. A throwback. That is a pro EFD move right there because you you were an EFD leader, right? If I'm yes, not sir. mistaken. Yes, with with uh, with, Ka- with Kalea Rose Fajardo. So oh. like, yeah, got a shout out the coat. That coat bond's never gonna go away. Never gonna go away. They, they sometimes people say co's come and go i don't think so they come I mean, and like, go they come and <laughs> thank you for this. laughing i appreciate that <laughs> michael please michael yeah okay but to answer your question i'd say it was it was a very uh surprisingly rewarding experience this sounds like such a cliche like oh i was a teacher but they taught me but, but like actually that's so true every time i went to bible study i, I just kind of uh I kind of just didn't know what was going to happen. Like I had an idea of how, how things were going to go, but like, I mean, dude, there was like, you got, you got like so much good insight from people like you, like Simon, um, you know, Ty, like all, all the got like heavy hitters that showed up like pretty consistently and, uh, just brought like such good insight. And yeah, I, I can, I can resonate with the cliche now, you know, of, of like, I guess, the position where you're, you're kind of supposed to like lead a, a discussion, but you can honestly walk away with a lot of stuff learned. And obviously it was really good for, I mean, I, I kind of noticed that I, I wasn't really reflecting on scripture that much hmm. up until that point. But now I've like, that was a really, really good way to kind of jump back in and, and keep myself accountable, you know, for making sure I was consistent. Cause it's like, when you're like in a leadership position, you always have to be on your A game because you know, there's people that actually, they, they, they depend on you. They count on you. So um, you need to do your best to make sure that you're, you're giving them your, your all every single time. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, I really enjoyed being on SLT. And, and I'm really excited for, for what, uh, what's in store for you, Jason. I think, I think you're going to do a really great job. But back to being SL because I actually want to know more. So what were some fun moments? Uh, what were some moments that you were like, oh, this is real? I mm. am big stressed about being an SL. Best moments oh. and stress moments, I guess. Yeah. Okay. I'd say, okay, so best moments. 
I'd say a lot of it is really has to do with the community. They're like, I can't, I don't, there's just, there's just so many opportunities to meet such great people that I wouldn't have otherwise, you know, w without being an SL. Like for one thing, it's like the, the SLT, like I couldn't think of a more like talented group of individuals kind of all like this clustered together. Like the people that were like very, very like varying um, perspectives and all very intelligent and all very thoughtful and caring. Just all kind of like condensed into one room. Like when we were having our meetings, it was really cool uh, to be a part of that. So probably the best moments would be like related to the community. And obviously the people that like I met, you know, that, that showed up to the Bible studies and, and stuff. That was, that was really great. I'm just very thankful that I had those opportunities to meet those, those people. I'd say like probably the, the most stressful moments kind of all happened in the, in the beginning. Oh, so, week one, right. week zero kind of stuff. Yeah. So yeah, I, because the reason why is because, um, like one of the things was uh, kind of advertising, I guess, our presence uh, at like all of the masses. That was that was pretty difficult um, because, like at the time, like I don't know, you, you know, when you kind of get you, you get that initial burnout, you know, from from getting back to school after like a three month like summer vacation or whatever. Like so, that was kind of me. Like yeah, I, I was just I was kind of struggling with some of the coursework in the beginning, and and then that on piled with like all the you know. I guess the meeting stuff and then the advertising stuff, like, and just not really knowing what you're doing in the beginning. Like that was, it was, it was honestly in some ways like pretty overwhelming, but looking back, I don't know if I would have had it any other way. Like, even though it was, it was like a lot of stuff. Um, it was definitely like, I, I kind of look back on those, on those, uh, those moments pretty fondly because it was like, yeah, this, this was a tough part like of like the SL climb, like the, the journey. But at the same time, it was definitely a, like a lot of growth and a lot, you kind of get a bit more, more of that maturity in where it's like, yeah, you know, this is going to be fun, but it's, it's a real responsibility and you have an important, important job ahead of you. And that's to, to bring more people closer to Christ. And that's like, that's no joke. You, you have to, you have to be serious about that. So that, that was a nice little kind of wake up call, I guess. And, and it, it was definitely really good preparation for what was to come. So this is something that I mentioned to, I feel a couple of people, but never discussed super publicly. I wasn't sure about being an SL because I've heard the responsibility. I've heard that the way you view the community is going to be drastically different than what you would as just a member of the I've heard that too. Yes. I've heard that too. So yeah, you're not the only one. So what like what made you say or whatever people say, I'm not going to let that deter me from being an SL. Was it through a lot of prayers? Was it through a lot of reflection? Like what made you decide that? Yeah, so again, this kind of goes back to, well, for one thing, I want to address like, I have heard that and to be honest, uh, I see where a lot of people are coming from with those statements because mm -hmm. there definitely were some aspects, I guess. Uh, I don't want to get too too deep into stuff, but there's some aspects of like, I, I guess the UCC, I, I did see differently, you know, and that I, I think that that happens with any um, kind of organization. Uh, when you when you go into a leadership role, you're you're just going to view things differently because um, you're going to be steeped into that organization and and all the all the all the flaws, sure, but also a lot of the good stuff too. And you, you can really like for one thing, I didn't know exactly how hard Father Jamie worked until you know I had him I had him uh, as my as my director. Uh, it was. It, like it was insane. I, I was just surprised at like uh, how much he did every single day, and he still had time to you know to to meet with with uh, with me and Kalea and 
I just have so much more respect now for, for what it takes to, to be a priest, uh, especially at a Newman Center. That's, that's just like, it's got so many like people and just so many, so many responsibilities. And yeah, it was, that's, that's probably the craziest thing, uh, you know? Uh, but yeah, I mean, you'll see, you'll see the good and the bad. Um, but I guess the, what kind of deterred me from that was, I guess going back earlier to what I, what I was saying was, um, all the people that, that made such a big impact in my life, I, I thought that I could maybe just share like an ounce of, of the wisdom they gave to me to other people and just so much good stuff about, about the faith. Um, you know, like the intellectual side of the faith, that wasn't something I, I, I really got exposed to, um, even in high school, you know, um, that's something I found was that the, the Catholic, I, I went to a Catholic school, um, but the education was kind of, um, I mean, they didn't really advertise the faith that well, in my no. opinion. Right. And in some ways, I, I think that it's, it's unfortunate because um, it's like the formative years when, when you're in, a, in high school and in college is, is uh, that's when you're going to start forming your beliefs and opinions about the world. And so, you know, to not have a good education, that can honestly be scandalizing and that could, that can really hurt someone's, uh, you know, spiritual growth. So, um, yeah, I kind of took it from that perspective. It, it, it was like, I, I thought that I could legitimately offer, you know, some, some, some wisdom that other people have given me. Um, and I could just kind of bring that to the table. And, and so that's, yeah, that, that's what I, that's what I brought to prayer. That's what I, I brought to my spiritual director. And ultimately I thought, yeah, this is a good idea. And despite, I guess what I've heard and, and, and the responsibilities and, and all that, I think it's a really like good opportunity. So you have, you've dropped a, a how do you have multiple, multiple kernels. You've, you've dropped a entire corn on the cob of truth. Um, just to say the least, because I definitely agree when it comes to organizations, uh, every kind of organizations, as a person who was in the Nikkei Student Union and then became one of the leaders and part of the leadership team, there was so much stuff that I did not know that was going on. And there was so much more drama and so much more logistics and so much more work. Every club is like that. Every organization is going to be like that. I think it's a really great opportunity for people who are getting into leadership, such as yourself, to learn, I guess, how to deal with those things. I think conflict resolution, I think working and seeing the working, working with another person is really, really great stuff. And yeah, 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 for sure. Father for sure. Jamie. And oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Father Jamie. Um, I've worked with him for a retreat team my first year. Um, spring retreat and he is unstoppable I agree with you immediately after day one he basically said let's break it down what's happened uh, how do we improve what went right this was afterwards I don't I think this man has never slept after the meeting I went to get confession I went to confession with him this man never sleeps he was willing to do that I I was so amazed by yeah. Father Jamie, the, the 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 old adage that's on Twitter is, the devil works hard, but blank works harder. Insert Father Jamie in that. Like, <laughs> the devil works hard, but Father Jamie exponentially works harder than than him. Yeah, and, and it's cool because he's also efficient too. It's not just because I think it's important too. Like kind of like we were talking about earlier. It's funny. It goes back to this, but like 
you know, just because you go to class, you know, doesn't mean that you're putting in the work, right? Like, or at least the right work. Like, if if you're if you're putting in 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 work, but it's not like, uh, I guess, oriented towards the right stuff that you need to be doing, then then you might as well not be doing the work at all. Like, what I noticed with Father Jamie is that he was very efficient, but he was he always. Uh, you know, had some bigger goal that he was working towards. And so like he, that's why he didn't like wasting time, you know, like whenever we were going over time limits and meetings, like I would say maybe almost to a fault, but like for the most part, he was really good about this. Like we ended on time every single time. He was very respectful of people's time. Um, and he, he knew that like, you know, being a college student is, is, is actually like pretty tough. It's, it's a lot of work. It's pretty, it's, it's a full-time job for the most part. And, and, uh, yeah, he, he, he understood that and he was very respectful with all of our times. And yeah, that's one thing I really appreciated about him is, is uh, like he showed up every single time and uh, and he didn't waste any time either. I guess to the people who are new to the UCC or unaware of who Father Jamie is, Father Jamie is a wonderful human being that uh, is the priest of the UCC and he is always friendly, warm, kind, super efficient in the background he's always just working hard so i think that's we're we're, we're showing the background side of father jamie but if you see father jamie father jamie's the bro um yeah and, and don't be discouraged if he forgets your name and calls you buddy yeah i'm gonna be honest um father jamie probably wants to forget my name because um oh, this is a joke this is a, this is a joke me but, too. Me too. The shenanigans, dude. The shenanigans. shenanigans. Yes. Yeah. No, go ahead. You, were you at the Super Bowl thing? Yes, dude. Yes. <laughs> you're you you're rooting by yourself. How can I forget? How can I, I forget that? I was I was just bashing Father Jamie. I was giving him <laughs> heck. <laughs> he. I I I I ru I probably ruined his Super Bowl Sunday just by the amount of trash talk I did. I'm probably going to hell because of the amount of trash talking I did to him. <laughs> but you know, Father Jamie is so is super cool. Um, he he definitely tells you what's up. Um, but he's also just this friendly, awesome priest that just wants to see the best for you. That's just wants the best for you. I but, just remember the halftime show. <laughs> he, was like, <laughs> <laughs> he was rolling his eyes. Oh, that was that was really funny. He was he was like, oh, I have to go right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I can't really blame him though. Yeah, there was some interesting shots. Interesting shots there. There know. was the Super Bowl halftime show. Is mm, let, yeah. yeah. Let's just leave it at that. This is a Catholic podcast. Anyway, exactly, exactly. I yeah. And this is this is going to be a completely different topic because something that you said to me completely latched onto my brain. You said that your your Catholic high school, you felt that it didn't really, maybe it didn't give you the foundation of Catholic t- or teaching. Maybe it did, but it didn't advertise um, Catholicism. But you grow you you're, you're this person that absolutely loves devouring Catholic texts, absolutely loves Catholic philosophy. So, what? What, what really made you want to go into that route of understanding, you know, Catholic philosophy? Yeah, um, I, I have to credit that all to, I guess, two things. One was, was my youth group. Um, and that was, I guess, so I think you can, you can come to the faith and like, 
in in two ways or like two big ways at least that that happened with me it's like it's through like some religious experience um and and then i guess just through approaching you know from like a rationalistic like i guess like approaching the intellectual tradition that is the catholic faith and so it's kind of a combo of both i'd say that like the i guess religious fervor that i got kind of jump-started things um you know in my youth group like adoration and all that i was really fortunate to have a very like solid youth group that i could go to and that kind of got me to realize okay you know this jesus thing is actually like pretty important you know it's it, i shouldn't i shouldn't wait i shouldn't wait till i guess i'm i'm like in my 50s or 60s or something to you know actually start living out the faith because because i'll actually be happy if i pursue it you know when i'm younger like when i when i start right away Kind of going back to the prodigal son, uh, you know, the the brother is is, is he's very mistaken in, in believing that you know his uh, his his younger his younger brother could you know get away scot free uh, and like you know like the conversion at at, Beth, at at deathbed kind of situation where you know you live a life of debauchery and then at the last moment you convert and it's like well how is that fair well that's like the wrong way to look at it I think because. You could be you could be living a pretty like I'd say unfulfilling life and and you know it's kind of a waste to uh, you know not pursue pursue the good right now. So like the older brother he he lost he lost that opportunity um, in, in some ways you know in in that year that he was gone he he wasted all his money and he was probably pretty miserable but he has that opportunity to start again. Um, so yeah, kind of a long way to answer, but I'd say that youth group definitely got me to, to think about that. The fact that I should start pursuing, um, you know, a relationship with God right now. And the second would be my buddy, Nick Kim. I got to give him a shout out. Um, he was one friend, I, yeah, one friend I, I met in high school and, and he knew more than the teachers. And I, I was like, this is weird. How come you can answer like a lot of these questions I have that, that they can't and and that was a, a good push. Like maybe there are answers out there to these questions I have. Um, and maybe I just need to put in a little bit more research. So I started off with, with some of the books he recommended. I started off with, um, you know, Answering Atheism and Why We're Catholic by Trent Horn. Oh, um, Trent and, Horn, yes. and then I, I went, I just went down the rabbit hole of, of, you know, Catholic debates and, and all that. And I realized, wow, there's 2000 years of tradition that has just been like, for me, completely ignored, at least in my classes. Like there's just it's it's an intellectual powerhouse that that we really need to take seriously and that you know I feel like hasn't been taken seriously at least in the secular world and and that's kind of a shame because I think that we have like a caricature argument of what Catholicism is but um, there's a lot there's a there's so much that like you know we haven't even uh, haven't even uncovered like I don't know a lot of Thomists are are, are still kind of I guess uh, developing fine tuning their arguments and all that so for me that's that's super dope. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say youth group and then my, my buddy Nick, uh, were like probably the biggest, I guess, influences in, in me to actually kind of take it seriously. Yeah. So hmm. what are your favorite philosophers? I'd say my favorite right now is Dr. Edward Fazer. I, I had the very privileged opportunity to, to get dinner with him, um, when he, when he came, uh, to UCLA to give his talk on, yes, on, on, on what is matter. So, yeah, I mean, I, I also had the, the privilege of, of being able to, 
to get his books um, before I met him, so I, I wasn't completely <laughs> clueless about stuff. Uh, but I mean, it's just so cool. I didn't really know much about about um, Aristotelian metaphysics or, or, or scholastic metaphysics um, until I read his books, and and I just gotta say, like, there's so so much I don't know, but I'm just I'm just so excited to actually kind of uh, get 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 down the rabbit hole and and uh, and and just learn more. Hmm. So so he he was really he was really great. It was a pleasure to to talk to you and. One thing I found is that he wasn't uh, pretentious at all. He was super easy to talk to. Um, he made a lot of jokes. It was really cool. I got pizza with him. Let's go. I mean, he, he was he was honestly he's just very approachable and uh, yeah all all of my questions he, he answered like 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 just like that and he gave like very like thought like well thought out responses and uh, yeah he's great. Do you have any? maybe potential philosophers you might want to dabble into are there books that you want to read i guess philosophy wise right now uh it's just with a couple of friends mm. um we're doing like a little book club uh <gasps> i love that on on phenomenology uh which is i guess the philosophy of like consciousness and experience of like phenomena and you know deals with stuff like i guess the kind of like the immateriality of the mind and and what happens, like, when you, like, uh, I'm kind of butchering it, I guess, like, <laughs> I haven't gotten too far into it, but basically, like, just kind of reaffirming a lot of the, uh, I guess, almost Catholic positions, too, that, that um, you know, one, the world is, is real, and, like, the people you interact with are all real. Uh, secondly, the mind isn't, uh, isn't just a material confine, and that right. your experiences are all very real, and... Um, yeah, just aren't confined to, I guess, the, the neurology behind it, but there's actually, like, a soul. Um, and so, yeah, I'm that's that's pretty cool. Uh, I've been get, kind of dabbling in that. I kind of forgot the, the name of the author of the book because, uh, yeah, I just forgot. So, I, but, I, yeah. I love how you previewed my next episode because I'm actually talking to my neuroscience friend. I don't know if you know her, Lupita, um, but we basically take, took neuroscience classes the entire year together and talking about neuroscience and, you know, what, how do we become a good neuroscientist and be a good Catholic? Um, do, you, yeah. do you feel like as a computer scientist yourself and as a lover of philosophy, you are very well versed in theology or... I mean, we can all definitely take strides to improve our knowledge and everything, but how do you reconcile the differences of somebody in your major potentially going to be an engineer or whatever you want to become with your degree and your Catholic faith? Yeah, so I, I just, I think it's, it's a funny question because it's almost as if there is some juxtaposition mm. uh, between the two, but that's not because of, of inherent differences, you know, that that uh, or contradictions that you know let's say my Catholic faith like collides with computer science. It's more so just like a, a secular, just a result of the current culture, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's real. Uh, I, I'd say just um, I think one thing is 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 uh, be very willing to to listen uh, because yeah, I have met a lot of people that like I said in my major that don't agree with my beliefs and. And sometimes you, you actually just you just got to listen and, and hear what they have to say and then gently, you know, clear up some confusion or, or misunderstandings. 
right. then what another thing really important yeah i think it's super important to read up right now uh, like especially now we're not in a predominantly catholic culture you know it's right it's 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 uh in some ways very antithetical i, I think to a lot of the beliefs we have and now more than ever i, I think it is really important that that we uh we read up and, and actually take these questions seriously um, because we want to be a good ambassadors for the faith. And, you know, it, it doesn't mean that you have to know the answer right away when, when someone gives an objection. Um, like, I mean, if for one thing, like a question isn't an argument. If you don't know the answer to a question, at most it will make you maybe reconsider your, your uh, I guess, some of your some of your beliefs, but it's not going to be, yeah, it's just not an argument. Like you, you and mostly it will make you investigate, you know, and right. if you, if after all that investigating, you still can't find an answer, you know, maybe, maybe ask a, a friend, maybe someone that, someone you know that really knows their, their Catholic philosophy, maybe a priest or something like, but the point is you don't need to know all the answers right away. Uh, but I, it's good to take the time to kind of look into stuff. And if someone gives you an objection and you don't know how to answer it, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Just, just keep chipping away, keep putting in the time. And, uh, and yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think results will happen. I, I think you'll, you'll be able to be better at conversations and, and, uh, be able to answer more stuff. So yeah. I, I will be the first to admit that I am a very prideful person. So for me to, <laughs> me too. For, so, for somebody, for somebody to say, um, to question me on my Catholic beliefs, and if I don't know it, then I immediately switch on the defensive, and I just say, "Well, yeah. I try to somehow bring it back to the the five ways of Thomas Aquinas, my my fail safe kind of answer." But yeah, and people can smell that, like they yeah. can smell that from a mile away. Like I think people know when when you are in defense mode. Mm -hmm. um, but also, I think people know when you're taking it seriously, because I, I don't think you have to be in defense mode. Mm -hmm. um, Agree, but. If you if you actually say like something like if you have the humility to say hey I don't know the answer to this but but I'll, I'll look into this and uh, I'll get back to you you know and you actually do get back to them and you actually do like provide a, a well thought out response like people will notice that yeah that's been my experience anyway yeah I think what you say is very true and I think you know when we talk about apologetics and when getting into apologetics I think number one swallowing your pride if you do have and if you yes, are aware yeah like it's okay to not know as you said and and the worst thing you could do is get on the defensive and yeah that's that's how you inaccurately portray the faith you're not helping them you're not helping yourself so what you're what michael you said is the way to go actually thinking out the answer getting a thoughtful response back to them right exactly and that's that's the thing you need to actually think it out you it's not it's like I figured this out in high school, like pretty early. One of my best friends was an atheist and he, so naturally we like, we'd have a lot of conversations about what I believed. And one thing that I found was you shouldn't like, what I would do is open up like some like, you know, Catholic, Catholic debater, like destroys, you know, like so-and-so <laughs> it's like you, you shouldn't, you shouldn't uh, approach the debate as that's something you win, right? It should be more of like a conversation. It should it should be actually you know th getting closer to the truth and being intellectually honest about what you know and what you don't know, um, and swallowing your pride. 
it, it's not enough to just, I guess, go through like apologetics books and, and just, I guess, uh, rehash the arguments verbatim. Um, I mean, that's certainly good and you should, you should actually build up that foundation, but you shouldn't approach it, uh, in an uncharitable way, uh, where you're just kind of spitting out the argument, not listening to what someone has to say, like whenever they're talking, just thinking about like the next thing you want to say, because I've done that. And let me be real, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You really, you really do have to listen and, and ask a lot of questions, you know, ask, ask where someone's coming from when, like, I, I feel like we don't, we don't do that enough is, is like, we're just kind of in defensive mode and we're just trying to, you know, like spit out all the arguments, but you can ask questions too. You can also ask maybe why, why someone has, someone maintains their own belief system and, and maybe in doing that, you know, you both can get closer to the truth and maybe consider why you believe what you believe. So yeah, it, it don't approach it as, as like a debate necessarily, unless right. it is a debate, I guess in that case, okay, then just go ham, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you speak about the um, debate videos and everything or like the Catholic debater destroys. I like Destro- to- yeah. It's all, all caps. Like <laughs> it's, it's all caps. It's supposed to be a clickbait. I like to think of yeah. it as, um, highlights of an NFL football game versus you actually watching the tape and looking at the routes to see what's going on. You it's can a good prob- analogy. You can probably learn like one percent of what people are going through through highlights and everything if like, you're well well versed. But even still, looking at the tape, slowing it down, looking at the all pro angle, camera angles, and everything—that yeah. is how you understand. To, to bring it to Smash, it's it's like watching a combo video without watching the neutral. That like you don't watch how the exchange actually got there. You just watch all the like the the juicy bits, you know. Hungry box down, like oh. absolutely destroying everybody in melee. Oh man, oh, don't even God. talk about that. Don't don't mention his name here. This is a Catholic. <laughs> this is a Catholic podcast, buddy. I, <laughs> I can't believe. Uh, no, no, can't no. Finish, you. finish your, finish your analogy. <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess I just have to agree with with what you said. Um, yeah, we it's it's so frustrating, I think, to be on the receiving end of that. You know, when someone gets you with like a, a gotcha question, it's like you don't really actually care what I have to say or, or, or how I'm going to respond to the question. You just you just want to you know say gotcha and uh, and make me look like an idiot. I guess you never. We should always approach it. I, I think uh, with 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 charity and assume the best of the person. And that doesn't mean sacrificing the truth. It, it doesn't mean that you're, you know, you're not sticking up for what you believe in. But it's it's just not. I don't I don't, don't want to swear, but not 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 being a, a jerk, not being a jerk, you know. <laughs> you're not being a donkey. Hat. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. What you just just said is a lesson that all of us have to take because at the end of the day we are kind of responsible for maintaining our faith and understanding our faith, but we have to also listen to what other people say. You know, when we pray for the conversion of the world, I think we always have to ask like, how can we do our part to convert the world? How can we do our Mm. part to listen to our brothers and sisters that are not so receptive of the message of the Lord? Um, you know, instead of going right, what you said, instead of thinking everything is like um, a debate, you know, don't think of the battle. Think of the entire war. Um, think about that. You are actually there for a thoughtful conversation. You want to have thoughtful conversations. You don't want debates that end in just ad hominems and all of that stuff. You want to understand them so you understand yourself better. 
and yeah, I think and that's beautiful. Yeah, if I can add one thing to that, that you know, because there's one thing you said that really resonated, and that's I think bringing prayer into it as well. Um, it's yeah, I, I think it's always it's always whenever I like my best friend, for example, to jump back to that, like whenever I would have those tough conversations, I, I would, I would reflect. And then I would also pray for him. I think that's, that's definitely <laughs> very underrated. Like pray for the people that maybe you are having these difficult conversations with. And, and also pray before, maybe if you know, you're going to have this, these conversations that are, are going to be kind of tough on you. Um, you know, you, you don't have to do it alone. Um, maybe try to invoke the Holy spirit. You know, there has been a couple of times where it's like, I didn't, like it was like three versus one for me, and uh, and you know just kind of just kind of calling the Holy Spirit. It's like Pentecost out here. I'm I'm spitting out all the right stuff at the right time, and and that's it's it's very encouraging to know that you know, um, really do trust in God and, and and trust in the process and and just know that you're you're fighting the good fight and you're not alone and yeah. This is why Michael is legendary as an EFD. By the way, um, he. He, he, the stuff. I think the stuff that you say is so. We can all do it. We we can all do it. You don't have to read every single book on apologetics to start defending your faith. But if you do it's have, so, but if you do have so to, true. Ahead, yeah. No, no, it's it's just so true. Yeah. It's just so true. Yeah. If you do have to read an apologetics book, what book would you consider like sharing with other people? Oh, dude, I I would have to rec- recommend my boy Trent Horn. Um, yes. I like actually like I would say probably the most in, in both ways like is basic but also very profound is why we're Catholic and it's it's just it's such a good summary of uh, of so many like doctrines of the faith you know the fact that that we're one holy Catholic and apostolic church you know that was founded by you know Jesus himself um just uh, questions about the papacy, and you know why that's why that's legit, and why do we why do we follow certain traditions that aren't in the Bible? Um, yeah, just kind of ob- objections to atheism, atheism in general. I'd say uh, answering atheism by Trent Horn as well. Like those are the two books that got me started, and and uh, yeah, to be honest, like they're they're super approachable. I think Trent does a really good job um, highlighting key points of the faith while not. He, he doesn't really bog it down too much with 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 crazy jargon or anything. It's very approachable, uh, and just enjoyable reads. And uh, yeah, and so I'd recommend that. My boy Trent, he's got you covered. If I have to recommend another book, it would probably be Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton. Yes, I love. And yeah, so I would say that book honestly helped me a lot uh, when I when I was kind of, I guess, learning more about, I guess, Catholic stuff. Uh, because like so one of the chapters is called uh i think it's chapter two it's called the maniac and what it's about is yeah it's about this dude uh that's a pure rationalist and and tries to and tries to view the world through purely rationalistic i guess lens and and there's a lot of problems with that. Like one is like the is is like the the paradox of the maniac, which is like you know someone that believes that everyone's out to get him, right? And, and so there's no rational way you can you can tell the dude like, hey, people aren't actually out to get you because that's exactly what someone who's out to get you would say. Right. But so, like I don't know that basically Chesterton talks about the fact that like we need to take a step back and 
and let God smash smash our little universe, smash through the cosmos, and like actually, actually uh, take an approach that that you know allows for rationalism but isn't limited by it. So that was really cool because I did kind of. You, I feel like it's very tempting when you get into all this stuff to to try to prove everything about God, and I certainly think that there are. Like obviously, I think that there are valid proofs for God's existence, but it's more than just that. You need to also um, maintain some kind of mysticism there. It's 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 more than just rationalism. It's it's, it's there always there always should be some mysteries, and certainly like there are big paradoxes or seemingly paradoxes at least, uh, like not in the logical sense. I think people would argue, but like there's, there are paradoxes in our faith, right? Like the paradox of the cross, the like the Trinity, and these are great mysteries that we don't that aren't inherent contradictions necessarily, but, but, but can't necessarily be, be argued in a rationalistic way. You know, like the paradox of the cross, it isn't some puzzle that you're supposed to solve. It's, it's, it's kind of like a both and in, in a way, uh, that we were kind of mentioning earlier, like you embrace, you embrace the seeming contradiction in the center of the cross and it allows you to uh, extend to the world. I, I don't know. The, the imagery he uses is a lot, a lot cooler, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's cool. I think I think we should we should you know understand the the underlying rationality of our faith and and reason should be backing up the faith, right? Mm-hmm. But you could, reason only takes you so far. It should be it should be reason, and then you kind of shoot off of that uh, with faith, and and yeah, it'll it will shatter your world. Basically, the two authors that you mentioned are. Well, I'm gonna go with the most recent one, G.K. Chesterton and Trent Horn. So, definitely look, take a look, take oh, a look back. Oh, go ahead. C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis as well. I'd say that like there's a progression <laughs> that like I, I so I'd say Trent Horn is is very approachable uh, for the apologetic side. I'd say C.S. Lewis, he just he just writes just beautiful stories. Like, I, yeah, I don't know. And then Chesterton, um, also great. He uses a lot of like poetic imagery and stuff. I'd say he's a bit more on the advanced side. Um, but that was the progression I took. And I think it was a great one because I wasn't just kind of thrown in. Uh, there's a lot of approachable resources and, and I think you will find that you want to dig a lot deeper, uh, and just get closer to the, I guess, source material. Uh, so yeah. So those are the big three. I'd say, I'd say Trent Horn, C.S. Lewis, G.K. Chesterton. C.S. Lewis, my favorite book is is The Great Divorce. Mm. I, I read I read that with the EFD squad. Uh, Let's go. Shout, shout out to Simon. He, he was all he always showed up, so that was great. <laughs> uh, and uh, it's just beautiful. It just talks about like I think I just kind of, I kind of view heaven and hell a lot differently now, and and how heaven should be a choice. We're not we're not going to be bound there, you know, beyond our, our will. It's always a choice, and and same goes for hell. Both are an active choice, and God isn't going to force us to love Him. So, everything yeah. that you have said during this pod is absolutely beautiful, and I hope I hope like the people listening to this podcast could now understand the glimpse, it's like the three percent of Michael's genius. All EFD people are smart people, and nobody I, I, nobody I, can I, argue with me on that for sure. I, I appreciate that. I'm I'm trying to learn every day, and uh, I just. Yeah, I don't know. It's again, it's it's just mostly the stuff I heard from other people, and I'm really hoping that I can kind of help be part of that chain. I guess. Nice, nice, nice. What's next on the radar for Michael? 
What's what's your so, name? So yeah. So I so I'm gonna be uh, the vice president for Thomistic Institute uh, <gasps> next year. Let's go. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm allowed to share that information. Uh, I'll cut it out but, if you can't. <laughs> uh, I think I can. I, well, it's out there. Uh, but I, I have to say, you know, thank you so much to Omar for inviting me on the team. And um, Omar, very. Yeah, I'm. I'm very excited, and uh, I love Ti so much. I'm just really happy to be a part of the team, and Ezra as well, and Clement, and, and Dean, and, and the rest of the team. Just love them so. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for that. It, it, I don't really know how it's going to look uh, with things kind of being up in the air with COVID and all that. Um, but I think I'll also stick around maybe for like the next year as well. So hopefully we can get some in-person speakers eventually. Um, I think we are going to be doing a lot of Zoom stuff. So uh, that's still a great way to digest information. And, and in a lot of ways too, pretty good because you can get a lot of speakers you, you couldn't otherwise. Uh, yeah. Which is actually, um, yeah, I mean, I don't think anything beats in person, of course. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's not too bad. We still have a lot of opportunities to learn and, and grow uh, in the faith. So, so yeah, that's, I'd say that's a big, that's the big project, I guess. Um, and then other than that, just, just trying to read more and make sure I know more of my stuff. Because, yeah, there's just so much stuff I don't know. So Have you read Summa yet? <laughs> no, no. I, <laughs> I I heard like Dominicans, they're not supposed to read. They're not even supposed to like try to read the Summa like, uh, you know, in their first year or something in seminary because it's, it's, it's a daunting task. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I want to eventually get to it. It's just like there's a lot of groundwork that needs to be done for me, you know? Oh, so, absolutely. I Yeah. Yeah, just to wrap up, I, I guess, our podcast, anything, any last words you want to say to the listeners? Yeah, so um, let's see. So I, I guess on current events and stuff like that, I don't know. I know uh, Corona has been kind of a kind of a damper for like uh, just a lot of stuff. And there's a lot of grievances and, and all that. Uh, and it, it, it is tough and, and there's some legitimate suffering. So you know, um, I just ask that, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's pray for the world and, and, uh, let's pray for the conversion of souls and, and, you know, try to maintain positivity as hard as it is sometimes. And I know that the future is kind of uncertain, especially with school and all that. Um, but you know, I, I know we're going to all get through this. So yeah, just, just, just keep, honestly, keep praying and, and, and keep finding things to be grateful for. That, that's helped me a lot. So, yeah. All right. Awesome. I always appreciate you, Michael. Thank you for spending time and just giving your big brain thoughts to us. Um, we're going to end with a Thank closing you. prayer. So, yeah, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, teach us how to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many blessings that you have given us throughout our lives. We thank you for the gifts of conversation, of knowledge, of wisdom, and of fellowship that you have given to us at the UCC community. We ask that you bless us in all the days of our lives and bring peace to our homes and communities. Lord, I ask that you continue to help us grow in our knowledge to cultivate a spirit of learning until we are received in your heavenly embrace. Help us to search for understanding and for truth may we continue to be scholars in all aspects of our lives and may we always perform actions that are in accordance with your will 
We ask this in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. The music used in this episode, a very Brady special by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons, and Cheery Monday by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons. Special thanks to our guests, Michael Inoue, and to the UCC podcast team, Chloe Alpes, Jessica Castro, Josh Herring, and Isabella Richards. I couldn't have done this without you all. Thanks for listening.